0: Yes. Relationships. Really, it's it's relationships because in innovation and corporate venturing, there's a lot of uncertainties and everyone says that failure is really high. So why should anyone take a risk and be part of this movement, right? So if not for relationships, if not for doing it for each other, the best starting point is forming a team and creating a team spirit And therefore, they're willing to keep going despite the risks, despite the challenges, despite the odds, because they want to support each other. Welcome to the Innovation Metrics Podcast, where we bring you the latest on innovation management. We provide insights on how to measure innovation, innovation accounting, Managing the Uncertain Process of Developing New, Sustainable and Profitable Business Models. You can find links to the main topics covered in this episode and information about the guests and hosts in the show notes, or go to our blog on innovationmetrics.co. Your host is Aaliyah Eilert.
1: Welcome to episode two of my podcast with Komuda Supaya. Komuda is a change catalyst and visionary leader. With 16 years of experience driving impactful transformations to increase performance and resilience in large organizations. With a wealth of experience in business strategy, digital transformation, and innovation management, she has spearheaded successful initiatives across diverse industries. In today's episode, we're going to cover her latest endeavor a collaboration with the University of Strathclyde to establish a research paper about how organizations are innovating to forge resilient and agile business models in today's ever evolving landscape. Also this paper that we, we've mentioned that as well before, but it might be a good time to go into it. Just going to repeat the title. It's the research technology management, enhancing organizational adaptability through corporate venturing. Yes. It says in there that the overall aim of this article is to better understand the underlying processes, practices, yes. and mechanisms that enable successful corporate venturing. Is that I mean? It's
0: yeah. So um, in especially in recent years, there's there's been a strong trend towards corporate venturing, and uh, I would I would describe corporate venturing as a whole strategy to uh, ensure that your organization transition towards the next new norm. And the two big things that are actually happening in the corporate world is one, digital transformations. You need to turn more digital. You need to change your organizations to be living in the digital world, whatever that means, uh, for a different organization it needs differently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the other bit would be the sustainability uh, agenda that every uh, industry is actually pursuing uh, and that pressure is coming from government, from your know, end users so you can't discount these two external pressures anymore. I wouldn't even go into other kinds of pressures like political, you know, social I wouldn't even right. go to that I think these Very two are, yeah. big enough, yeah. are big enough big enough to uh, and, yeah. and these two are the real ready call that most organizations are putting forth in the organization to entice everyone to move towards uh that new norm a uh, new change and for that to happen you do need to you need you do need to change your organization and you need to change not just the organization but also the people and the way they behave uh, and something everyone agrees is the talent of today the skills that we have today is not the is not sufficiently ready for the next stage but like even for myself i appreciate digital. I appreciate what it means and how it needs to uh, be used in the organization, but I'm 100% not uh, an IT professional. So I don't know how the mechanics of digital works um, in order for for us to get there. I know use cases. I know the impact that I'd like to see. I know how how I I want the new way of working to look like, but the, the intricacies of the back end Technology uh, changes, I am not familiar with. Let's say five years from now, another person comes in my role, and that person is completely well versed uh, in the technological aspect of of what digital transformation means. Perhaps he or she would have done a a lot quicker um, transitioning for the organization. So that's just one example. So, given these changes that are coming in, and, and organizations just do not have time to wait for slowly, organically changing is why I think everyone has shifted towards corporate venturing because it's like a plug-in. You you try to rapidly step change towards that new uh, uh, organization that you want to be. And it could mean two kinds of impact towards the organization. One is you might have a diversified portfolio of business. Uh, The other bit would be an internal... Uh, renewal a corporate renewal in the organizations internally you are now having a different kind of people different uh, kind of processes different kind of uh, corporate structure so these are the two things that i would say corporate venturing is trying to transplant almost into the mothership so that is why there is a lot of drive towards going uh uh you know, utilizing innovation and corporate venturing to change your organization. It's really about adapting and making sure that you are resilient uh, against—not against—I think being resilient as an organization uh, could, to survive.
1: Could we actually? I should have—I uh, should have done that first. I think the term corporate venturing. So you've, you have a wonderful uh, graphic here where you split up mm-hmm. corporate entrepreneurship into corporate yeah. venture- venturing and into strategic, and strategic entrepreneurship. Yes. So, and then you have these sub these, these subsegments, which is great, right? Internal corporate venturing, external corporate venturing, uh, corporate yes. of corporate cooperative corporate venturing. Yes. Fantastic. But in, in general, could you speak briefly towards the difference between corporate venturing and strategic entrepreneurship? I think something has been mentioned, but um, just to be sort of clear for clear yeah. for the audience eh? sure um,
0: uh, uh, corporate entrepreneurship is the larger terminology to actually encapsulate anything that an organization does to try and make a bigger uh, uh, returns back to the company um, and in the this- academic world
1: disruptive innovation in our terminology or would you also have sustainable? Um, I think sustainable. sustaining
0: innovation, sustaining and also disruptive innovation. I think these are the two uh, yeah. uh, types of innovation that actually is covered under the, the terminology of uh, corporate entrepreneurship. Um, so in the academic world, they've tried to segment and you know break it down and deconstruct yeah. what corporate entrepreneurship means. And in the past, it wasn't so important to... To distinguish corporate entrepreneurship, um, because you could just say this guy is so entrepreneurial, and it, everyone would understand what that means. Means business development, right? You've gotten new sales, better sales, new customers coming in. That person is entrepreneurial, or you are really good at solving problems uh, and securing um, stakeholders to be you know buying into your idea. That's also you know regarded as entrepreneurial. And it wasn't so important to distinguish because what you invested into that process was the same thing it didn't change anything uh how you would execute on that entrepreneurial uh, attempt would also be the same you use the same processes no difference at all but yeah. now now academically uh, they they have started deconstruct because there is a bit of a distinction on how you would do it that's really where the difference is so in corporate venturing Uh, In corporate entrepreneurship, it's now, uh, in in my research at least, we saw that there's two buckets of what is covered under corporate entrepreneurship. So one of it is corporate venturing. And corporate venturing really means that you're trying to add to your business portfolio. So it's no longer just the five products that you're selling, but you're also now selling maybe 10 or uh, uh, another, several more. And how you would do that is through either internal corporate venturing, meaning you need to set up a team that ideates and develops a new product portfolio and adds into the organization. So the how-to here, as you can see, you're going to set up a new team and they're going to be um, uh, you know, probably running on a project. Um, external corporate venturing is really, uh, you are going to scout out there for teams that have done a product or a solution that you're interested in. And you bring it actually lock stock and barrel back into your company.
1: Please, please correct me here. So probably corporate venture capital would fall under that.
0: Yes, corporate venture capital falls yeah. under corporate venturing. Usually, uh, acquiring mm. companies or products that are quite mature out there. Uh, yeah, they, they, you
1: they know, the risk in itself. Right. The question becomes yes. more like, do they? F- yeah. How much yeah.
0: is it worth? You know, but but you know, it's a working product. Okay. It's a do working, have, and it do it has, your has
1: synergies a, work out that you know. Yeah, whatever. it's a
0: solid footing in that the work. industry. So the risks yeah, yeah, yeah. of of uh, of acquiring that companies, it's really about whether you can sustain the same operations in your organization. But the market risks are already taken out of uh, mm-hmm. you, know, you know taken out of the equation. You're not worried about yeah, that anymore.
1: The, the risk is can you can you trust the calculations of a big consulting company yeah. that says it's worth yeah, so can bed? you trust they, the valuation? They usually make a lot of money during that m a <laughs> yeah
0: so that's really what uh a is uh, i mean that that's the risks of m a right like whether you can trust your valuation and that belongs to the other group which is a strategic entrepreneurship um so you strategically implement you. different initiatives in order to uh, achieve a achieve a few goals. So I think um, I can go into that, um, which is first strategic renewal. Um, Let's say you uh, you have an ongoing business right now, but you think something in there needs to be different. Either you need more customers and you're not able to acquire, or you need to have different processes, but you know that the organic building of that capability is going to be too long. So you would straight away attempt let's say an MA approach and that is a strategic renewal uh, mechanism um, there are other terminologies as well sustained regeneration uh, you know these are all terminologies uh, but it really means that various initiatives that you would put in uh, to achieve regeneration of your own uh, uh, people uh, or your business so if your market share is dropping you are um let's say you know on a declining uh state and how you're going to sustain yourself uh so here maybe it's not MA, but it could be partnerships uh with with relevant people in the in the industry so that you can regenerate yourself as a market leader let's say uh another one is re- domain redefinition redefinition so this is interesting right uh what domain um so I, I can't think of an example, but I'm sure there are examples of companies that redefine themselves. So they started off as, I think uh, Thermomix is an example. I think, I think they McDonald's, started
1: I think off. They, I think McDonald's is one.
0: McDonald's. Yeah, oh, okay, maybe that's yeah. a lot more relevant.
1: Yeah, first they first had a burger. They were a burger shop. Oh, I probably have this wrong. And then they realized they're a real estate company.
0: What? McDonald's? Yeah. What? Oh my goodness.
1: At the end of the Domain day, definition. Yeah, I, I, oh my god, we will leave this in. I, I, oh, let's let's leave it in, even though if I if I completely jack, if I'm completely wrong. Okay. But I think that's. But the but story I do right.
0: know one. I do know one example here. I think uh, that relates to this uh, example is actually the Thermomix. Are you familiar with the Thermomix um, business? So it's a robot. It's like it looks like a blender, but it's it's actually a, a personal chef. It's a robotic chef at home. And um, you should you should look it up. So it has it has all the recipes, and, and it can do everything: it can chop, grind, cook, bake, and it's all in one one little uh, device. But they started off as a carpet sales uh, business model.
1: A- a what? Sorry. So
0: they were originally selling carpets, uh, and really the what this they, they redefined is the product, but the Operating model and the business model is still the same. It's it's uh it's run like an uh like a, a network marketing kind of an approach. So that is what they have sustained because that's their edge or you know their 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 advantage. But they have shifted from selling carpets to a high value, high um, impact product, which is thermomix. You should look it up actually.
1: Because the but, customers are the same, and they could use the same the same sort of sales channel and stuff. Were,
0: um, yeah, very interesting, right? Wow. For a moment, you should look it up. Yeah, so so they redefine what they bring to the table to the to the customer. So that's mm-hmm. domain redefinition. Uh, organizational rejuvenation uh, this is also I think earlier I was saying when you change your internal processes when you change incremental innovations you know that that belongs to organizational renewal um, and business model reconstruction so these are uh, I would say like a, a larger bucket of strategic entrepreneurship it, it contains everything that an entrepreneur or an employee can do using existing mechanisms in the organization existing processes existing uh, decision making frameworks and you have strategic entrepreneurship that is done maybe selectively. I think the word "strategic" is is included to represent that you do it selectively. It's not for everything.
1: This so is, this, um, yeah, no, this is this is a great, this is a phenomenal. This is a great way of you know, because because it implies like you know, it it, it obviously implies something that sort of what we believe that I mean, yeah. traditional methods, traditional ways of calculating don't work. For certain goals and where's the demarcation line you know and there's a way of saying yeah. this, this is roughly a demarcation line I, I, I think that's fantastic
0: yeah and i in in this research that i was uh doing uh with the university uh we needed to distinguish between corporate venturing and strategic entrepreneurship because corporate entrepreneurship was just too broad uh and we we and, and we ourselves had that question what does this mean is corporate venturing really just corporate entrepreneurship um so if it's just corporate entrepreneurship then why are we creating more confusing terminologies for people to listen and understand about uh right you know it, it's it's hard enough to do something new without adding in new words into the mix but we found that there is a distinct difference in corporate venturing versus strategic entrepreneurship because strategic entrepreneurship means you use existing process, existing available resources, existing way of doing things, and that will sufficiently support the initiatives under strategic entrepreneurship. But when it comes to corporate venturing, it's different. You need to think differently. You need to decide differently. You need to allocate resources differently. Entrepreneurs themselves need to recognize that they need to do things differently. Hello.
1: Yeah, yeah, we lost you again for a second, but it came I know. through. And I'm and I'm really glad it did. I think I just realized we've got a title for the podcast.
0: Yeah. Right, awesome. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Really? No, this is this is actually this is super valuable. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. So um and and uh, uh adding to the corporate venturing world, um uh things evolved as well because in the beginning corporate venturing was always about C V C. Uh, and we entered into the world of, you know, venturing or developing new ventures. We left it to the startups uh, out in the wild to figure it out. And then we waited until they were ready. We would enter in as a CVC investor or maybe slightly majority investor, uh, or we just bought them outright. So we started off with a CVC play and then uh, organizations went into external corporate venturing mode because you could, because I think this, the, the the understanding was, startups or venture building is really a startup play. Corporates don't do that. You know, we we leave the risks out for ventures and startup players to actually figure it out. So external venturing, corporate venturing was the first way of corporate corporates actually entering into the fray. And and you know we were waiting around and then we bought out entire startups. Uh, and you were mentioning just now about PWCA acquiring strategy. And so that's an example of external you venturing. You just took what was working and then you took it in. So you didn't have any of the risks and it was a payoff for the startup as well because usually they are looking to exit after a number of years. So it you know, it's a win-win situation. But um, now what's happening is because of the accelerated change, you can't wait the stops out there to solve the problem i don't know why the internet is yeah and it's an
1: important and it's an important bit maybe we um maybe if you don't mind just repeat the because of the acceleration of change so like
0: yes so there is uh, a lot of change that's happening you know coming from the digital pressures and also the sustainability the agenda, most people are trying to see some change happening within the next 10 to 15 to 20 years. So it's no longer enough to wait and uh, watch the startup world and pick up something that's relevant to yourself because everyone else is doing that. So you're now competing for startups along with other people who could also afford to do the same tactics that you're using, which is many tactic, right? Or even CBC. So it's no longer enough to wait for external corporate ventures, uh, you know, startups out there to develop something that's relevant to you, and and you go in there and you know acquire them when they are ready and they've already de-risked their entry into the market. So this is where corporate venturing is now going into the other two modes, which is either internal corporate venturing, where you set up a team and you identify problem areas to solve and you uh spend you now invest into the development of the of the startup and the solution and the market. The other approach is also cooperative corporate venturing, with a, which is a bit of a middle ground. Uh, you do some parts of it, but you also bring in external uh, entrepreneurs and uh, um, the startup perspective into your environment in order to get the best of both worlds. So the implication here in corporate venturing is um, you know your organization needs to do things differently. So this will have an impact on your internal processes, uh, mindset, capabilities that you have, and not just capabilities for the entrepreneurs, but also capabilities in the management. How they make decisions, how they invest, how they make choices uh, is very different from how you would be running your current organization. So that's where this distinction was um. You know, in my research, we felt that it was very important to 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 show, and we actually you know singled it out and said, "Yes, this is a phenomenon that's worth uh, a space of its own
1: mm-hmm. And yeah, that's great. Thank you. So what in your find what are your findings as to what makes corporate venturing successful or what are the key ingredients to corporate venturing?
0: Yeah, this is a very interesting question to ask. And lately, I've been noticing a lot of people have been uh, proposing their hypothesis around what makes uh, an organization ready and able to successfully see the the results of of implementing corporate venturing. So, um, back in 2021 and 2022, when we were doing this research, we actually interviewed about 11 innovation management practitioners. Whom have implemented or uh, been part of uh, corporate venturing uh, and innovation uh, uh, ecosystems in their in, in different large organizations. And, and their take uh, collectively was, uh, you know, in, in my research, actually we put it down into three big areas. Uh, the first one that I would like to speak about is exploring beyond comfort zone. You need to, as an organization, you need to accept and acknowledge that going into corporate venturing means exploring beyond comfort zone. So, you know, just now we were talking about the distinction between corporate venturing and strategic entrepreneurship, right? It's not strategic entrepreneurship. When you're going into corporate venturing, it means that you will be uncomfortable because what you knew in terms of how to do, uh, you know, business development or, or entering into a new market is now going to be different. So you are going to be uncomfortable. So accept it first. And then acknowledgement is very important because if you do not not acknowledge and accept that it's going to be outside of your comfort zone, then you will not do the next bit, which is being prepared to invest. Um, An investment... Sorry, sorry, I need
1: to think of... um, Who needs to accept that at this point?
0: Um, Here, we uh, have observed that it is first the top, management of the organization, the the people who make decisions around what the organization does and when and where is the organization going to take corporate venturing uh, into. So it's really the top management that needs to acknowledge and accept that this is going to be an exploration beyond the organization's comfort zone. So that's where it starts. But then, of course, this acknowledgement needs to be trickled down uh, and and communicated sufficiently to the rest of the organization because then you're going to be you know change then happens because individuals take part in the change right they need to execute the change so then it trickles down and the rest of the employee uh, uh, and including not just employees actually your larger ecosystem meaning the people that you collaborate with outside of the organization also needs to be part of this uh, this 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 movement of exploring beyond comfort zone.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So yeah, that's very interesting
1: because, like, uh, you know, the tension between this yeah. being top down or, or bottom up fostered. Yeah. But you say for
0: corporate venturing, it has to be top down. It has to start as a top down, and I and I know in the world of managing change, and we always say the best change that happens is is things that come from the top down. Uh, but in the world of corporate venturing, it's possible to also be bottom up. Because intrapreneurs are existing there already, right? Uh, they are already uh, uh, in existence in organization where they are supposed to do sales. They're supposed to acquire new customers. So, to some extent, entrepreneurs already exist. But when it comes to corporate venturing, you are now setting a goal that is going to stretch that that uh, that that stretch the organization a bit more. So, if you do not set the appetite. And if you do not say that I want more, I want it significantly more, then the employees are not going to get, get to that. So uh yeah, and, and this does. is why it's really important that it, you know, for this one, especially um, organizations that are going into corporate venturing should not wait for it to be bottom up. They need to set the direction. They need to be, they need to decide how much, how far, where, and and then communicate it you know clearly to the rest of the organization because once that is clear the rest of the organization will just jump jump into the bandwagon and, and they'll just keep running because entrepreneurs already exist in organizations right so yeah, um i
1: agree uh, I, I i think it's also moving away from betting on one project right where you think you know everything yes. upfront and on a a person and a project right but betting on a sustained approach um yeah, to,
0: you know. Uh, speaking like. of approach, speaking of approach, then um, comes the next bit, uh, which is the second uh, part of being prepared to be uh, investing. So, if if an organization is serious about corporate venturing, then you need to prepare to invest. And investment here comes in, you know, different forms, right? First is, of course, the usual investment resources, money, time, um, uh, people. So that is the 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 most uh, obvious form of investment. But the other two investment is um, is tools. You do need to bring in new tools. Perhaps in the past, for strategic entrepreneurship, you could rely on many approaches. Uh, you could rely on, uh, let's say, uh, Six Sigma. Um, and, and those were sufficient in order to create that uh, movement in the organization to achieve a strategic goal. But when it comes to corporate venturing, those tools are not going to achieve your new venture because new venture building means you're finding a new customer, you're going to find a new problem to solve, and you need to think creatively around solutions that will fit the pain of the customer. And in in addition to that, you need to make sure that this problem that you're solving is worth the uh, worth the investment and, and it's going to be profitable. So otherwise, why would the organization get into that corporate venture uh, situation, right? So this is why for you to have a higher probability of success, you need to uh, you need to make sure that the tools are also available for the organization to get into corporate venturing. So it could be in the form of um, um, digital processors Um, you know, different, uh, uh, you know, like a lab. You need a lab for people to do prototypes. Um, You might need access to uh, different services, uh, all kinds of things. So, Would you
1: include include innovation accounting there as well? So different financial modeling?
0: Oh, uh, yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. Because, you know, you need tools to support not just the solutioning approach, but also the decision framework. The management framework. Um, you need to be able to establish new KPIs, uh, you know, measurement tools, and then how do you account for all of this? So that's definitely where I would see uh, innovation accounting and innovation metrics actually comes into play because you're not going to be able to rely on the traditional planning and uh, reporting tools, but you now need to have a different way as well. So, so this is yeah. It, it, yeah it, so this is it, an example. Mary, the,
1: the way you define actually the difference between strategic entrepreneurship and corporate venturing yeah it's, it's because so, because the, the tools don't work the from strategic entrepreneurship for corporate venturing yes. so it's um okay but but the people you interviewed in your findings they also support that
0: yes definitely they mentioned it they mentioned that you need different tools uh for for corporate venturing uh because it is it is about doing things that you need different results, right? So if you do the same thing in the same way, you're not going to get different results. So corporate matching definitely needs different tools, uh, different way of planning, different way of uh, executing, different way of monitoring, uh, oversight, all of that actually comes into play. So the tools need to be uh, implemented sufficiently. So, I mean, we could go into specific examples uh, here, but um, yeah, I think for now, I think suffice to say that uh, you need to acknowledge that there needs to be an implementation of a different set of, of things that people can use in order to execute uh, corporate venturing. So the other bit about preparing to invest is a distinctive approach. Um, different organizations may want to have a different outcome when it comes to uh, innovation. right? So if you're sustaining innovation versus uh, disruptive innovation, you need to have a way that you'd like to do it. So. Um, for some, uh, a lean approach is, is sufficient. For others, uh, uh, you know your processes need to reflect the kind of uh, outcome that you want to see—sustaining versus disruptive versus incremental. So you need to pick one, and you need to make sure that this approach, this process that you are actually implementing in the organization, is very unique to you. So you can have a replicable, uh, consistent outcome across you know, different corporate venturing initiative, you you would see the same uh, results. So I, I would also, you know, reflect here that innovation accounting is also a distinctive approach. So picking innovation accounting, and uh, that would be something that actually distinguishes you compared to a strategic entrepreneurship approach. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, hey, shall I take it further to the next bit?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for yeah. for the listeners, before we had um before we had a video, we don't have the video available currently, and that creates a different flow in the interviewing process of. <laughs> so we yeah. and I are currently getting used to this. So let's <laughs> 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 we can't we can't have any other yeah the the other yeah. communication tools are not available right now. Yeah, I thought we just put it out there. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah great. So no, I think we, we I think the third finding. Yeah, I, I mean I, we could. I'm just really stopping myself here cuz there's so much to be said about it. Um yeah. preparedness uh to invest in the in the corporate venturing journey, right? So preparedness to mm-hmm. invest um yeah. It Do is, you have any questions around are, it? What are the yeah, yeah, I'm just I'm just thinking about it. I mean that's, you know, that's my my hot topic, but what are the the interviewees? Have the interviewees, the the the, the participants of the yeah. study, have they given us any? So that's sort of the problem, right? Or, or Which, well, that's that that's a necessity for for corporate venturing to work. But yeah. have they given us some more insights into how to make it happen?
0: Yeah, sure. Them, uh, yeah. Okay, so like let's talk about tools, right? Um, one of the respondents said. Uh, and this respondent has used uh, the Amazon's Working Backwards as, a, as an approach and tool to, to guide a uh, corporate venturing uh, process. So what, what he or she said was Working Backwards is a set of simple and replicable tools that does not require special skills to use, which is helpful for corporate innovation. So that's, that's what uh, one respondent said. And another respondent who was reflecting about having a tool is that these tools create synchronized lingo to align understanding and expectations between innovators as well as top management. So uh, having a tool that everyone knows how to use and, and everyone knows that you know, these are the set of tools that everybody's using, it, it then just creates an ease of communication between different parties in an organization, especially in large organizations, when um, um, you know you're coming from different parts of the world, perhaps, and different product lines, and uh, you need to have a way to communicate with each other, so that's one of the benefits of having tools that that you know that's replicable across the organization.
1: What What do you think is needed for a sustained fund for sustained fund? So not just funding one initiative. Mm-hmm. But sustainably fund corporate venturing. So let's mm-hmm. say uh, for 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 five for a seven year horizon, without you know the funding sort of being taken away, but with the assumption here just to be explicit uh, that it takes a long time for disruptive innovation to be really fruitful and maybe even repetitively fruitful, right?
0: Yeah.
1: So, do, what are your thoughts around that? Maybe. You know, and as it relates to the study, or you know, yeah, further opinions around it.
0: Yeah, uh, and I think um, um, that's a great question because uh, uh, lately, what what the opinion has been is uh, for a sustained investment, like say five to seven years or even longer, it is actually a portfolio investment, uh, and using that proxy. Uh, of a portfolio investment approach is one of the best ways that we think will actually create a sustained um, um, input of resources and investments uh, from the company's point of view. Because companies are generally quite comfortable with investing in the portfolios. Uh, You know, you might have four different portfolios in the company. You know that each portfolio is worth so much. And uh, every year I shall keep up a, a stream of, of investments into that portfolio so by using that approach and you know applying it into the corporate venturing uh, space it you know you're using the same process there to some extent um you know changes is is very difficult for organizations to undertake all of a sudden Uh, and it's very difficult for for in for corporate entrepreneurs also to keep you know coming back to the to the top management for investments at, at various stages right so it's it seems like it's easier to invest as a whole portfolio. So the whole portfolio could have a theme, uh, a goal that it's targeting within a certain number of years. uh, And that's typically a lagging indicator of of revenue uh, or returns. And, And then you could justify that, you know, an X number or an X amount of investment is necessary to keep that pot sufficiently resourced to get towards that end outcome at the end of seven years or 10 years. So when you look at it as a portfolio, it's also good because it means that now you can take multiple bets. So it's not a single initiative, a single corporate venture, but you have multiple corporate ventures inside that portfolio, and the management now just tracks the entire portfolio's performance. That is how I would answer your question. Does that?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've got. I'm just trying to, to step away from my from my from my biases as much as possible. You know, when it, when I ask these questions, but right. do you have? tips around that because we're distinguishing between corporate venturing strategic entrepreneurship and saying we need different tools right and then so now we're having a portfolio what are the what can we touch on what what is different what are different tools for for a portfolio or am I pushing it too far right now what could you share there for the listeners what are the different tools there you think you know even if it's not part of your research or it may be part of your research I'm not sure
0: um, in my research, we didn't go much into the portfolio approach, but uh, we did recognize that the, the, the difference between co and normal portfolio management is that you need to have a steady stream of incoming ideas yep. that get validated. And then when you validate, you're actually de-risking the number of ideas that are in your funnel. And as you validate, you're also prioritizing. And, and what's different about, about portfolio management and corporate venturing is it's actually in the methodology that you use to de-risk your investments. So you might have multiple initiatives in there and each initiative can represent a product, a solution, a new customer. Uh, and, and you need to have a, a, a somewhat a common way of de-risking so that uh, that portfolio remains uh, robust in how it is measured and how you actually determine the likelihood of that portfolio being successful so it that's somewhat an emerging um uh, approach right now if i'm not mistaken uh uh, portfolio management corporate venturing is 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 also a new uh uh, topic that that we are exploring um Mm. because i think in the past like i said uh It used to be external corporate venturing, right? You would observe out there and you would uh, perhaps like have a small fund available for you to acquire when the right time comes. But in internal corporate venturing, especially and also cooperative corporate venturing, you are now creating your own sources of that acquisition. So you need to you, you also know that the probability of success for for startups is pretty low. And Somewhat, it's also similar for yourself. So you need mm-hmm. to make enough bets. So you would have many, many ventures, many solutions, many you know uh, customers that you're trying to solve for. So how do you ensure that your portfolio is being managed? So this is also very different from normal corporate uh, portfolio management, which you would probably use uh, the traditional financial indicators, performance indicators. But in the world of corporate venturing, your indicators are different. Um, a, a, you need to continuously check whether the likelihood of success for a project is still the same or has it dropped or has it increased? And you can prioritize your bets from that point of view. So that's how we see uh, portfolio management for corporate ventures being different now. But it's an emerging field. And uh, yeah, so the tools are still being developed, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. It's in its infancy, really, isn't it? Very often. Mm.
0: And I think we shouldn't assume that then the usual way of uh, portfolio management is sufficient here. Uh, the usual way of portfolio management would wait, maybe on an on an annual basis, and then only on an annual basis you would rebalance your portfolio, right? right. But for corporate venturing portfolios, it's it's perhaps the the the, the regularity of balancing might be a lot quicker, uh, especially when the idea is in early maturity phase. But as it gets more and more mature, then of course you would slow down and you wouldn't like prioritize the project on an annual basis. You might want to slow down a little bit. But in the early phases, it's a lot more rapidly prioritized Mm. and you need to be actively involved. So as Mm. a portfolio manager of of a bunch of corporate venturing initiatives, you need to be a bit more closer to the ground. Um, Mm. And uh, that is also very different compared to normal portfolio management.
1: Yeah, and you have an interesting dynamic there also human dynamic right between maybe yeah. a, the, the investment board and you know other decision makers for the portfolio and you know, CFO yeah. and so on so very 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 interesting um possibly yeah. slightly different dynamics
0: yeah and also the way you would um make the prioritization you the portfolio manager cannot just have a few indicators and then he or she makes that recommendation all on his own right there is information that is being brought to the table every time a corporate entrepreneur is out there running experiments and the rebalancing of your portfolio also needs to actively happen together with the corporate entrepreneurs because they are the ones coming and giving you the recommendation i think i have enough information for us to move to the next level and all the entrepreneurs themselves can come back and say i've done like 100 experiments but the the but my information tells me that the probabilities of success for this to do well, even if I go to the next level, is pretty low. I recommend this project close down. So it's it's a very inclusive uh, portfolio management approach when it comes to corporate venturing.
1: Yeah. Very good. Very good. Hey, should we jump to the third finding before? Sure, uh, sure. Greg? Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah, yeah, we could go on, right? Popular yeah, management yeah, is a yeah, very Yeah, it was, topic.
1: it was bound to happen, Kamuda.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so the third thing, uh, is you know I started with exploring beyond comfort zone. That's the starting point, uh, a moment of truth when everyone realizes that hey, this is different. This is going to be different. Let's let's be serious about it and and let's uh go into corporate venturing eyes wide open. Then comes the preparedness to invest, where you, you recognize that it, things need to be done differently, capabilities need to be different, and um, you, you need to support your entrepreneurs differently. So that's preparing to invest. Lastly is undertaking the transformation. So that is where the true commitment is actually materialized. Because in the first two, it's just talking about things. You're, you're talking about the commitment and you're acknowledging the commitment and you're preparing to be committed. But when you undertake the transformation is when you actually realize that commitment. And this takes time. Uh, but at the same time, you know the, the, the tension is your organization doesn't really have that time to wait for the transformation to take effect slowly over time. right? So undertaking transformation here is knowing how you can your transformation in like a two-speed approach so a fast approach and a slow approach but both are being you know done at the same time so this is where we were talking about um, entrepreneurial mindset how can you create an entrepreneurial mindset where a transformation is not just undertaken from a top-down uh, a managed project managed approach but each individual who's entering into corporate entrepreneurship is also part of change um and and in some organization uh, like for example, in my research, one of the research respondents mentioned that they usually have a counterpart that's working alongside with them to solve problems in the organization. So the entrepreneur then focuses on being entrepreneurial, finding new markets, finding new solutions, new new problems to solve. But at the same time, the organization's processes needs to undergo some change. So they usually have like a partner who is like an internal enabler, who also works together with you to, to respond uh, and change the processes accordingly. So that's you know entrepreneurial mindset, strategic entrepreneurship and co proventuring at the same time. Uh, the other thing about the two-speed transformation is having an agile ecosystem. Implementing agile processes in the, in the right manner will allow you to have that two-speed transformation because you can progress rapidly in an area at the same time, while you're actually undertaking a larger scale Uh, organizational change so that's the other uh, element in undertaking transformation having an agile approach actually significantly improves your your organization's ability to actually see results from this car prevention effort and lastly is uh, empowerment and I think this goes back to entrepreneurial mindset as well Uh, if you have an entrepreneurial mindset but you do not trust your employees we do not say that you know, if you do not allow the empowerment to happen, then you're going to stifle the organization. So I I think empowerment and all of this is one of the last piece of puzzle that needs to be realized because without empowerment, you're going to cause a slow starvation. Uh, You're going to just stifle the organization's corporate venturing abilities because everything needs to go back to a, to you know, maybe a higher power or a, or a different person who then becomes a bottleneck in the organization. So you're not really seeing the results.
1: And that might partly go back to how do we even measure people?
0: Yeah, definitely. So I think uh-huh. in all of this, yeah. that there is an element of measurement uh, that you can use uh, in order to see that this is actually being seen. Uh, and that, that was the intention of actually creating this integrated framework is to know what mm-hmm. to measure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and that's the real value of the framework uh because some might see it as oh you know i'm already doing these things but how do you know are you sure so that goes back to what kind of indicators do you have in your organization to be able to measure each one of these things
1: Mm yeah yeah so and what else what else empowers people what else yeah
0: the earlier part which is um having a replicable tool um and distinctive Mm -hmm. approach those also empowers people so of course you have the external uh, influence of empowerment right the organization gives you empowerment but the other bit to empowerment is also making sure people are equipped with the right skills Mm -hmm. uh or even if they're not equipped right they need to be shown that these are all the resources that you can actually utilize in order to equip yourself. So um, you know it's kind of like the that the proverb people say bring the horse to the water, but you can't make the horse drink the water. Um, so it, it's both both uh both people need to make an effort. You can you you need to make sure that the water is available, it's it's accessible and it's it's now um it has enough access points but the horse which is the entrepreneur uh, needs to come to the water so you need to tell them that you can do this that's one way and the other mm-hmm. bit is of course making sure the entrepreneurs feel confident enough that they are willing to take the risk of you know going to that patch of of water to 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 to, to, to be hydrated in so empowerment comes from the organization it comes from skills capability building and it also comes from an independent, decision by the entrepreneurs themselves they need to accept that they can also empower themselves so it's actually about a choice and taking risks
1: And make sure the water is filtered
0: (laughs) yeah yeah that's of course too Uh, yeah so I, i think empowerment sometimes we leave it out to outside party to tell us you are now empowered you shall be empowered right like uh, as an entrepreneur, I might say that I don't see that organization is empowering me. Yeah, but I yeah. think the responsibility is also on, on me as an entrepreneur to also uh-huh. sometimes assume the responsibility and take the empowerment. Um, mm. Because sometimes the empowerment is already available, but you need to take the risk of, mm. of trying something out.
1: Yeah, I like that. Very good. Very good. Yeah. Beautiful. Um. So, we'd be linking your if we can at that point. We'd be linking your findings in the show notes. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like it might be time to conclude it at this point.
0: Yeah, I think I think it's okay
1: because just for the sake of time Mm. uh, for for the episode. Yeah, I would I would like to ask you one more question, just in the in the wider space of corporate entrepreneurship, corporate venturing. What is your secret tip for the audience, just in general? What would you like to tell innovation managers if you had one thing that works really well? Um, Between product development, building the ecosystem, motivating people, changing funding mechanisms, anything. What what comes to mind first?
0: Sure. And I like that question because... For innovation managers, when you are tasked with implementing an, an ecosystem and a culture, and you know making sure that the organization is well prepared to be a comprehensive organization, most innovation managers they focus on the structural elements, processes, and upskilling, and you know those are the common initiatives that you would undertake. But even if you have nothing and you are actually starting from from day one the first thing you need is people you need to have at least a number of people let's say four or five four or five people and that's the most that you can muster together and that's where it starts you need to have people in order to drive and make an innovation ecosystem established and in the world of innovation what people understand is it takes time. But at the same time, there's a lot of pressure from various parties, right? To see results. And that is the traditional organizational uh, expectation, results. You need to show it today or yesterday or, you know, by the end of the year. So, and this goes back to why you need people. With people, you can execute a small project that you can continuously show results on. And using that result, first show of success, and and from there you can build on it. So the, the secret tip is make sure you have people in your in your starting point and you focus on a small um a small win and, and from there everything else actually will will grow. So that's 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 what we have done in a few of our initiatives, and that created a momentum because people want to be part of something that's successful, and people want to be some part of something. That they can relate to, and they can only can relate to it if it's if they see another person like them who's on this journey. I hope that answered you, Ali. Yes, yeah. it's relationships. Really, it's it's relationships because you're in innovation and corporate venturing. There's a lot of uncertainties, and everyone says that failure is really high. So why should anyone take a risk and be part of this movement, right? So if not for relationships, if not for doing it for each other, so the, the best starting point is forming a team. Forming a team and, and, um, and creating a team spirit. And therefore, they're willing to keep going despite the risks, despite the challenges, despite the odds, because they want to support each other.
1: Mm. I love that. Thank you. That is a wonderful moment, I think, to say thank you very much for your time. And thank you very much for your insights.
0: Thank you so much, Talia, for for giving me this opportunity. I enjoyed being part of this podcast and, um, I hope we have more of these in the future.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for listening, everybody. If you would like to connect with Kamuda, you can find all links and, um, Ways to contact her in the show notes. Lastly, please do us a favor and share this episode with someone or even a few people that might be interested. Happy learning. This concludes part two of the episode with Komuda. As always, you can find all relevant links to the topics we've covered and ways to connect with Komuda in the show notes. Make sure not to miss future episodes and subscribe to the Innovation Metrics podcast via your preferred platform. Lastly, please do us a favor and share this episode with someone or even a few people who might be interested. Thank you for listening and happy learning.